Visit us at podlanderpresents.com to find information on all of our shows. Important announcement. Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast Musical Edition. That's right. Our notorious live show, attended by dozens, is back on Saturday, September the 30th, 2023, at Chicago's finest dive bar, the Oasis Tavern, in beautiful Rogers Park at 6809 North Sheridan Road. Doors at 11.59 a.m. because, as our man Jordy says, God's tooth, it's not even noon. We'll roll our dice about the first half of Outlander Season 7 and then karaoke. Hope y'all can make it. This quality is not canned. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was live, baby. (laughs) Mm. This is good. It's called Shorts Locals Light. And Allison and I were talking about a recent trend, it seems, of microbreweries releasing macro, like, Miller Lite, but their brand. Yeah, craft Miller Lite, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've had quite a few good ones. It is, it's just an easy drinking style. Yes. It's nice, it's crisp, it's refreshing, it's summertime, like, it's no-brainer. Uh, Parsons Chicken and Fish, which, which is in here in Chicago, um, there are three locations, two locations. Um, they have a, a platonic ideal of beer type beer um, that Revolution makes for them that mm. I had yesterday that was also very good. Anyway, but you know what, we're not here to talk about beer i mean we're always here to talk about i mean beer, come on uh no we're here let's talk about ki- my true love your true love really your true love well it's an it's an evolving relationship Ooh, let's say that um well something something that you have a a a gift for mm. then okay um karaoke hmm this, what does that have to do with Outlander, you say? Well, Absolutely. we're going to make it have something to do with Outlander. <laughs> Nothing yet. Yeah. Yet. You know what? And I think we're also doing this one on all feeds. So just pretend I just said Bridgerton or Solving Crimes or Jane Austen in place of Outlander. And the answer is everything, baby. It's all one. That's it's my all, karaoke philosophy. It's all part of one big dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. No, we're talking about karaoke because, uh, welcome to Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. We're talking about karaoke because we uh, are doing a live show on September 30 here in Chicago, um, beautiful Rogers Park. You will have just heard a little thing about this probably, like a little ad, um, but oh well. You should come hang out with us. It's uh, doors open at 11.59 a.m. because it's not even noon, and uh, we're going to do a live show, and then after... We're going to do karaoke. We have um, a very lovely KJ who is joining us and has a very cool little system in place. And um, we will obviously sing, but mostly we just want to hang out with y'all. So come celebrate the end of season 7A with us at the O. 6809 North Sheridan Road. See, I even know the fucking address. The beer is cheap. Mm -hmm. The floors are pretty clean. <laughs> There's a bus stop right there, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll probably order pizza. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we decided while we were gearing up for that live show to spend some time talking about this thing that Julie and I have spent many hours doing. Many, many hours. One might say that to a certain extent, our friendship was forged in the fires of karaoke. It. I could support that. Yeah. I think that that's probably at least in some measure true. I. I am mostly here to. Um, to catch the pearls of wisdom that fall from the lips of one Julie Starwood. <laughs> Not that I am a karaoke slouch. 
No. Um, Allison can actually sing. I well, just but, do this weird shit that people, I don't know. But it's, but it's, it's interesting because it's a true, uh, I've read the books and you haven't type situation mm-hmm. in that we have two different, uh, experiences that we bring to the same table. That's true. Um, and in my case, I, um, did not fuck with karaoke the way that you do or the way that we both do. Um, before I met you, because it always, as much as I love singing, I fucking love to sing. As much as I love it, um, it always got me really in my head and still does sometimes mm-hmm. because there's this Midwestern lady shit that makes me feel like if I get up there and I fucking annihilate something, then I'm just going to look like an asshole. Man, that's not just Midwestern lady shit. That's just lady, lady shit. shit. But yeah. it is also, I think it's heightened by the Midwestern. There is a Midwestern aspect. Yeah. yeah. And, and me on the outside as an audience member, I'm like, fuck no, get up and annihilate that shit. Because it's always fun to watch somebody who's good at something doing what they do. Well, and I mean, I'm also now many years from my last voice lesson. So I do not annihilate things in the way I used to. Mm-hmm. I can I can still wail, don't get me wrong. I, you can fucking wail, dude. But it's not like it used to be. And that's fine. And that's good. And uh, Evolving relationship yes. with karaoke. But when we met, I think, the, and I wish I could recall the, fir- the exact first time we did karaoke together, although I'm sure it was at the O. It might have been at the O. It might have been at Spiner's. Oh. I don't remember. No, it wasn't at Holiday Sp- Club? Maybe. Oh, well, probably for, through a ruckus event. Or maybe, maybe um, Lincoln Karaoke. I've had a birthday at Lincoln Karaoke. Th- that might have been it, but I think I met you before that. But that might have been our first karaoke. But for me, in my brain, our karaoke journey begins at the Oasis. Mm-hmm. And you and your husband are responsible for redefining my relationship to karaoke Um both through your general approach in terms of how fun it is, and specifically through the art of setting limitations. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll go into the Wayback Machine a little bit. So probably around 2003 or 2004, Neil and I lived in Portland, Oregon, and we got into this weekly karaoke situation where we had a whole bunch of friends, and we would all go to this uh, karaoke bar, The Galaxy, R.I.P., Chinese restaurant and karaoke bar. And they were karaoke seven nights a week. So the first thing that happened when I moved to Chicago is I realized karaoke at that time was not as big of a deal as it was on the West Coast because we went through this experience. So we got roped in to go into karaoke weekly with our friends. It was a blast. And after a few times, we all got kind of tired and we all agreed that we were tired of seeing everybody's greatest hits all the time. Let's figure out a way to try new shit or or try to like bring something else to the table. So we started doing themes. And so then you've got a theme like, say, summer, and then you go pick two or three songs and maybe there's one of my fucking jams. I've seen you do it. Um, You go back and you workshop a couple or whatever. And it was always in a... uh, in an environment of everybody is supporting you so you could get up there and just biff it hard. But you tried something new, and that, I think, is the golden key. Once you realize that if you get up there and it's no good, nobody died. Yeah. And you can just go and come back. So it's kind of like life (laughs) when you think about it. But anyway, so Neil and I brought the theme idea, but when we first moved here, like I said, it was kind of hard to find karaoke because it was always like a roving karaoke jockey who went from bar to bar. There was never a dedicated place. Or it was like a just, far away or a bar you didn't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like um, 
Trader Todd's, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like where there's a, where the vibe is not our vibe. Not our vibe. And as you all know, we were spending a lot of time, still do, at Rogers Park own the Oasis. And we heard scuttlebutt that karaoke was going to come in. And Neil and I were like, no way. There's no way that's going to work here. Allison too. I think I told you and we were sitting there one night and you're like, no. And I then, think when we went, it was morbid curiosity. The first time we went was the first week that it was done. And the KJ's name was DJ Bacon. His name is Jay. A legend. A legend. A true legend. Because the minute we met him and the minute we started giving him our ideas about themes and stuff like that, off to the races. Uh, yeah, he just absolutely ran with it. And it wasn't like he... you did, The themes aren't mandatory. Oh, you yeah. don't have to sing in and them. And that's... And this is... Spoiler, how we will be approaching ours. Mm-hmm. We will be encouraged. We will probably set a theme or uh, encourage themes or something. Well, it'll be we'll a part of our shtick. But, but the number one rule is there are no fucking rules. Do whatever you want. Exactly. Right? Like if the only way you feel comfortable doing karaoke is doing Love Shack with six other people. Get up there. Yeah. Are we going to no. enjoy it? Probably not. No. And um, we will not participate. We will not that. participate. We will enjoy your We will enjoyment. cheer you. We yes. will cheer your joy. And yeah. your happiness, but also... But that's not our bag. Um, also, I mean, if you're going to do group karaoke, just look outside the Love Shack. The, the, just swing that door open. Try it. There's other stuff out there. There's more than underneath your tin roof rusted <sighs> than what's underneath your tin roof rusted. I stepped on my very good joke there. <laughs> there is more to this, to heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in under your tin roof rusted. Um... So mm-hmm. that's part of the or, the origin. The other thing that you brought to the Oasis karaoke general experience, I think, is equally important. Which is the recognition of the first time. You're not just picking a song outside of your wheelhouse. Oh, of the course, theme. of course. So in Portland, one night we were there with our big group at the Galaxy, having a great time. I don't remember the theme that night, but one of the people who had joined us that night, actually, this is really fascinating. His name is Mario. He was a, had been trained as an opera singer. So he too had that same thing about, I don't do karaoke. Yeah. And we finally got him out and he had a good time, but he, it was this very similar thing. Like he's like, mm. and we had started calling songs that we were doing for the first time workshop. Like you would get up on the mic and be like, Hey everybody. Okay. Okay. Workshop. Like just so everybody would know that you were doing this for the first time. Like let's celebrate that. Yeah. And Mario misheard the person who said it first. That night, and he said, pork chop? What? Pork chop? And we're like, what did you say? And he said, didn't you just say pork chop? I love pork chops. And I was like, no, they said workshop, but now it's pork chop. Yeah, obviously. So now, anytime you go to karaoke, and we're just trying to spread this across the world. Anytime you go to karaoke and you're singing a song you've never sung before, just right before you start singing, whisper into the microphone, pork chop. (laughs) And see if anybody picks up on it. See if it takes wings and flies now all i want <laughs> seen the uh a karaoke bar and um uh fucking i can't believe i can't think of this cabot cove maryland uh, yes um, <laughs> jessica fletcher's hometown right? and uh and it's just tuesday night at the karaoke bar and there are people around and and somebody gets up and says Yes. Right? And somebody else goes, oh my fucking God, did you just say pork chop? And thus a friendship was born. Yes. Because either it's someone else who listens to the pod or it's someone else from our sort of karaoke universe. And somehow the streams have crossed and now these two strangers meet each other and understand they already have something in common. It's 
please do that. Anyway, um, so one, make yourself think outside of your existing list. And two, Mm -hmm. just make it clear this is your first time. You don't have to do a monologue about it, even if it's just you. Pork chop. Mm-hmm. Because that pork chop is for you. That pork chop is for you because you are you are sharing with everyone else there that you are being vulnerable by trying something for the very first time, but you're not afraid. You're fucking doing it. And once again, the result of that is either awesomeness and you will come up with a new classic to put in your karaoke pantheon or it's hilariously terrible and you get through it and you realize it's okay. Yeah, it's uh, the experience of failing at karaoke. I think it's important as fuck. I do, too. And it's very liberating Mm -hmm. because at the end of it, nobody died, as Julie said. But also you you get to experience the different ways in which something can go wrong in real time. Because every time you pick a karaoke song, even if you think it might not go well, you don't think it's a bad choice. Right. The only way you can discover that a song is a bad choice is by, unless you're doing it deliberately. But (laughs) the the example that I would cite is um, Pump Up the Jam. I love doing that song. Which... But coined another term that we use That's right. for a specific karaoke mishap. So when you do pump up the jam, you start and it's oh, like it's great. You're right? into it. There, it's a vibe. Everybody is excited. Make my day. Yeah. Make my. Make, Everybody make, is loving make. it. Um, the Starbirds do this song together and it absolutely annihilates. It's very good. Um, no, it's just you. No, I just do pump I'm up the thinking, jam. Neil I'm and conflating. I do. Neil and I under the under the banner of the uh, Starbirds N and J Starbird Melody Sweatshop do. I'm gonna make you sweat by CNC Music Factory. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't make that up. DJ Bacon made that up. Well, it's N and J's Melody Sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's really an experience. Um, but the problem with pump up the jam. Is mm. that it is more repetitive than you remember. Yes. It is longer than you remember. Definitely, yes. And some of the repetitive sections are really long. So you just go pump, pump up the jam, pump, pump up the jam, Forever. pump, pump up the jam, right? For a very long time. Um, and at one point, I think this was Ruth. It was Ruth. Yelled, keep pumping. Ruth created keep, keep pumping. pumping. So if you're ever in karaoke and somebody's up there and it's a song that's going on too long and too repetitive, you just back them up. Give it a and fist it in be, the air. Keep pumping. There could be any number of reasons that the keep pumping is imposed. Um, but one, obviously, is just you are... It just is never ending. It's never going to end. Yeah. Uh, because there's so much of it, right? Because it's repetitive. Um, two could be because there's so much of it, because it's just as much longer than you than think. You right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, it's all coming back to me now. Right. Yeah. Where, um, which that is not me suggesting you don't do it. So coming back to me now, please, please do. Please, please Everybody do in the bar will love you. But long intro, long musical breaks, long song in general. I have a thing. There's always one more verse than you think. And then the last one is um, if it's the tempo is wrong. Um, sometimes you think a song is like. <laughs> I just love. I just remember Jeffrey Favre doing All Men River. Do you remember that? Yes. Speaking of, and then speaking of yikes. Um. So if it goes on a very long time, um, that's another, because it's too slow. Um, that is another that keep one, pumping situation. That particular corollary is one of my personal rules. I don't make other people adhere to my karaoke rules, but my number one rule is five minutes or less. Oh, yeah. Like, and that was born out of the Galaxy 
experience where we were doing this every week and we wanted to make sure that everybody got a chance to get up there at least once or twice. And when you're singing a six minute song, you're literally taking time away from the next person. Yeah. Anything more than really anything more than four minutes is kind of like, get it together. If it's longer than that, it had better be a group activity. Yes. And it had better absolutely fucking slap. Or it's got a slap. Like yeah. you're going to go up there and do rain on my parade, the extended mix that lasts like <laughs> five minutes. Then I'm fine with it. But or, like, um, just your general low boy coming up to sing Lincoln park, please five no. minutes or less brother. Yeah, You got it. It's all coming back to me now is, the exception to the rule, right? People love that song, though. And and sometimes, if you are going to go there, that can be the very best thing. Like, yeah. yes, I'm doing the seven-minute epic. If you are just really going for it, then forget it. Who cares? Everybody's having a good time with that. If you do La Boheme from Rent, which I think is like six minutes long, that is just going to be a party for everybody who was born in mm, approximately 1984. Um, <laughs> right? Like... Everybody is just going to be down with that party. I once uh, injected, Julie was there for this. You know in Pulp Fiction when Uma Thurman gets the syringe right to the heart? Yeah. Um, I did that to a party that was staggering a bit um, by playing La Boheme in a party bus. Um, oh my God. It was the immediate party fix. Weren't you there? I was there, but uh, because I am of a generation that was not infatuated or loved rent the way that you do. I'm just over here I like mean, this. did. Totally. But, did, you're right. Did. But it's not about the song. It's about no. La Boheme is the great unifier. People come together. Which is another rule that you can also apply to karaoke. If you are going to sing a song and you know everybody is going to fucking love it, then who cares how long it is? Yes. Like, still aim for under five minutes. But if, if there's a song that you love that you are also sure the audience is going to love, that is probably going to be a winner. Things that fall into this category. Hit me with some of your examples. Songs that are longer than five minutes? No. Songs that are a gift to everyone in the bar, where you will have a good time doing them, but also it's guaranteed to get the party started. (sighs) Okay. Speaking of evolving relationship with karaoke. Yes. I went through a period where, uh, because of my performance persona, And because of my personal skill at rapping, did a lot of rap. I try not to do that so much anymore because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel really authentic to me. But there is absolutely no way in the world that I do the Humpty Dance and the entire house doesn't start partying. Yeah, it's true. I've watched it happen in real time. I try not to do it anymore. The only reason I do it anymore is if someone asks me to do it. So the last time I did it, was like maybe a month ago because we found out that one of our dear friends, bartender April from the Oasis, was moving away, and she, it was our last, my last karaoke with her, and she asked me to do it. So I did. Yes, I'm going to rock the house, mm-hmm. but I also have gotten to the point where I'm a little bit like, eh, I don't really do that shit anymore because it all started with Baby Got Back. Like, I could kill Baby Got Back, and then as I got older, I was like, uh, maybe this one isn't for me anymore. And then there was the whole part of the galaxy, like expanding my menu, my worldview, thinking about all the different things I can sing. So, mm, for me, it's Humpty Dance, maybe. And I don't even mean for just you, I mean in general. Songs yeah. that, for oh, a bar. Oh. Everybody's gonna fucking sing Sweet Caroline. Yes, 100%. Every, every time. single person in that bar is gonna go, ba, 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 yeah. and you cannot stop it. So there's that one. Um, Friends in Low Places. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves that shit. That's especially true at the Oasis because mm-hmm. it's the Oasis, Oasis. but in general. <laughs> uh, Friends in Low Places, uh, 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. People um, really like that. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I stumbled into one the last time Julie and I did karaoke together. That was one of these. It kills for the audience. And also you have a really good time doing it. Um, which is Menomina. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, everybody, the minute it starts up, everybody over the age of 35 goes, I don't think (laughs) with one exception, I don't think I've ever killed that hard at karaoke. And it was a complete accident. And all I did was go, and then it's the timing. Your timing was great. The sounds were hilarious. It was all, it was part of a thing. Uh, but that was really the song during the lifting there would not have expected. So I feel like that falls into this category. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was going to say something else about that, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, um, also, the other time that I've killed that heart is just any time that I would do Don't Rain in My Parade for yes. a predominantly gay audience. Is they going to love that shit? I got shit. a lot of free drinks, folks. Yeah, going to love that shit. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, okay. Um, so, under five minutes, um, be thoughtful if you are thinking about rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is in general a good rule. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the there's the obvious reason, right? Yes. Like you had better be 100 percent certain you're not you're not that a racial that. slur is not going to slide yes. out of your you're mouth. You're not going to um, do just that. Just like a greased baby. Yeah. Like don't do that. Don't do that. Obviously. Um, but also the I got even to a if point. It's not that I think that here's, you had better. It had better feel right. To here's you. an example. So I'm also very good at the song Work It by Missy Misdemeanor Elliot. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was one of my trifecta that won me the karaoke championship in 2009. I don't even remember when that yeah. was. When Julie and I were in a theater company together, I asked her to represent us at a karaoke competition, a Chicago-wide um, independent theater karaoke competition. I won. Yeah, she uh, won. But only because the guy that competed the next year wasn't competing because if it, he had been there, mm-mm, lights out, I would have lost. But anyway. So I did Work It by Missy Misdemeanor Elliot, which I'm very good at. Yes. And that was one that somebody in a karaoke place that I used to go to in Portland, the Boiler Room, used to, also RIP the Boiler Room, mm. used to, was the first person to request that I do. She's like, try this. And I'm like, no way, too fast. She's like, just try it. And then it was born. There is a verse that is about heritage, about being black. That now, if I ever do that song, which I rarely do anymore, I just don't, I just stand there and let her say those words because those are not, I can't say those words. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, okay. And I wait for that little section to be over and then I start again. But it's, Allison's right. It's just about being respectful and thinking. Considered. Considerate. Yeah. Just consider it. And while in this case, we're talking specifically about uh, white people being Mm -hmm. thoughtful and sensitive in their choices. Yes, we are. um, I think in general, Outside of that specific issue, um, just be thoughtful about the songs that you're picking. Forever. Like, you know, it, that doesn't mean that because John Lennon abused his wife, you can't do a Beatles song. No, of course it doesn't mean that. But does it mean that you probably shouldn't do I Believe I Can Fly? Yes. Yes. You, like, the, nah. Let your conscience you be your race, guide. It, yes. Let your conscience be your, as Jiminy Cricket said, mm-hmm. let your conscience be your guide. Um, if it makes you feel icky, it's going to make somebody else feel yes. icky. Well, and if it makes you feel icky, you're not going to feel f- you good doing fun. it. Yeah, right? you'll be like one it, eye open. If yeah, you're no. like, can I really do this? Is this too much? Pick something else. Mm-hmm. There are so many songs in the world. So many. And there are 
things you are going to absolutely annihilate that you have just not discovered yet because anybody can absolutely annihilate at karaoke. Yes. It's like, it's a mindset thing. You go in, you find the thing that brings you joy. You have fun doing you it. You share that joy. No matter yeah. if you're singing it right, no matter if you're on key, no matter what, if you're sharing your joy in that song, in that performance, can't lose. Everybody's going to love you. Yes, it's going to be the best. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's another example of that. I have a friend named Todd who is a terrible singer. Like he legitimately legendarily bad singer, but he fucking loves karaoke. So he just gets up there and fucking does it. And his classic is sister Christian. And that shit, every time he does it, it brings the house down because it's hilarious. Cause you can just see that he enjoys the act of doing it so much <laughs> and like sharing it with people. Like I'm terrible. Let's do this. It's, hilarious so there's always just expand your mind frame around karaoke it's much larger than you think it is so let's talk about themes specifically Mm -hmm. what makes a good theme because there are lots of ways that you can find a really great theme Mm -hmm. we have done a wide range of themes Mm -hmm. uh, from very broad to extremely specific and there every once in a while there's a real downer but for the most part it's just Cool shit. It's really cool to have guardrails yes. on your selection because it helps you narrow your focus. It makes you be more curious, too. Yes. You can't say, Dig like, deeper. oh, I'm too overwhelmed. I'm just going to do my girl. Right. You have to stop and think, like, same part of your brain you use when you're playing something like Cards Against Humanity, mm-hmm. where the prompt pushes your brain in directions it wouldn't otherwise go. Yes. And there's a satisfaction from finding a fun way to respond to that prompt. Yes. So, and it doesn't have to, like, you, it doesn't have to be a showcase of your cleverness. Like, you can have a theme like nautical, mm-hmm. right? And just do Sloop John B. That's fine. Yes, right? it's a boat. It, it tracks. Um, but what are, what are some other things you might do for nautical? Uh, for nautical, I might do Come Sail Away by Sticks. Yep, that's great. Yeah, I might do, um, see, now here's where you get into the can you turn a corner. When I say the phrase turn a corner. That means that you are taking a theme or an idea or a bit and you are turning it 90 degrees. So it's still tangentially related to the original idea, but it's around the corner. Yeah. This is a very, uh, sometimes very difficult thing to do or difficult thing to understand. But when you're with people who understand what turning the corner means and are good at it, like Allison is, you, it's fucking hilarious. Because it, it just... That's like the nicest thing you've ever said it to me. Really, well, no, it's great. Like when you're with somebody and you're like, I'm going to turn a corner here. And then you say something and that person laughs because they understand the corner that you took. If it's like real understanding. It's the, it's the difference between embracing a theme and connecting a theme. Yes. Right? Like the next evolution of the bit. So here's and what I would say. if you listen to this podcast, you know we are always after the next evolution of the bit. You gotta keep going. So, so using nautical as nautical, an example. I would be thinking because, and I'm sure all of our listeners are aware, I went through a time period where I was inordinate, sorry, inordinately obsessed with Yacht Rock, which is hyper-produced music, mostly out of LA from the late 70s, early 80s. Doesn't always have to have a boat involved, but there's there are a lot of boats. Yeah, but it's called yacht. That genre is called yacht rock. So if the karaoke theme is nautical, I'm going to assume that all of yacht rock is available, even if the song is not specifically about a boat. Mm-hmm. So I've now I'm like nautical uh, corner yacht rock. The corner I would turn in this situation. Mm-hmm. Is I would say, oh, the theme is nautical. I'm going to do My Heart Will Go On. Right? right? Because they were on the Titanic. That's because it's the Titanic, right? Yes. I would be and looking for, yeah. Or, that fits. Um, 
something from Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. And that's an example of a theme where it's Broad. all going to be content, but also could be like someone could do Lil Yachty, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always use the artist's name for yep. these. Yeah. It's, anything that's related at and all. And of course you can always ignore it. Yes. Um, so that's one example of like a very broad theme that can apply in lots of different areas. Let's talk about if we do something on the more specific side. What mm-hmm. if we were to say Motown? Mm. That's hard. Uh, because for me, Motown music would never be my first choice because my, my thing is not singing in a lot yeah, of that. But don't is- you do Bernadette? I, I have done Bernadette, um, which is fine and I can do, but I always feel kind of a little bit like a charlatan. I will say there's one Motown song and it might not be technically Motown, but I think it fits that both Neil and I have found is a crowd pleaser and easy and fun to do. And that is Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Yeah. People love that song. That song is amazing. That song is fun to sing and it's not as difficult to perform mm-hmm. as some of the other Bernadette was fun, but Bernadette is like a barn burner. Like you got to be, you're screaming. You're like, you know, yeah, you got to have raising the, it up. You got to have the juice. Mm-hmm. But Motown is a good theme, but then it's, a, you have to, in your own mind, come up with ways to turn corners or like take something like, oh, Quincy Jones was elemental to Motown. So I'm going to consider his involvement totally. a place where I can turn a corner. And now I'm going to do this song that Quincy Jones produced yeah. for Patti LaBelle. Or one what? of my go-tos when... When we're not venturing into a theme is um, something I discovered doing a theme. I don't remember which theme it was, but um, is The Heart of Rock and Roll by Huey Lewis and the News. Was it Body Parts? Was it Anatomy? Maybe. Or was it Cities? Because of all the cities get listed. Could have been Cities. Dude, that is a banger that should be in your book forever. Because I remember the first time you did it, every one of the bars was like, yeah! It's it's really, really fun. It's a fun song to do karaoke, too. People Um, love that song. But I would say that one because at one point, and it's my favorite part of the song, he goes, Detroit! And that counts. Yeah. Motown. That is Motown. Is Detroit. So... So even if the theme, for example, we did um, private room karaoke recently, and the theme uh, was specifically Sondheim, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is not Julie's particular bailiwick. Nope. Um, but she did a Sondheim number, and then at a certain point, we just started doing other songs and then saying they were written by Stephen Sondheim, which is how I came to do Menomina <laughs> by Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> right? That's, you had the great uh, suggestion for me on that one, and it didn't have anything to do with Stephen Sondheim, but then it became, by, which was uh, Harper Valley PTA by Jeannie Riley. And yeah. you're like, by Stephen Sondheim. By Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> but that's how it fits the theme. Yeah. And that's fine, but because the only rules are have fun, but if there's a way, if you can find a way to embrace the theme without embracing the theme, if it's a theme that doesn't suit you, yeah, as in this Motown example, do that. Mm-hmm. Turn a corner. Do whatever. Make it work in your mind. Nobody's going to be mad. So what, <laughs> Julie, yeah. do you do when you begin a song and you can tell pretty early on that you are going to absolutely bomb? If I know I'm going to bomb... Because you don't know that until no, it's happening. No. And the real-time realization... When it hits you, you're like, you know what? This song, I saw how long it was at the beginning. Let's say it's three minutes and 45 seconds. Okay. I've got three minutes and 45 seconds up here to just be. Nobody's going to kill me. It might be embarrassing, but I'm going to live. And I've learned something about myself is that I'm willing to stand up here and keep doing it. So just keep doing it. Yeah. You can be terrible at this, and it's not going to affect a goddamn thing in your life. Be terrible. Live the failure. Learn something. Yeah. That is all. 
Karaoke is huge. Like when you really think about the philosophy of it, I think it is an all-encompassing idea. Well, it is a, an inherently vulnerable act because yes. singing is an inherently vulnerable act mm-hmm. for anyone. Mm-hmm. And that includes people who do it professionally, right? Yeah. Like it's, you're making a sound with your body that is intended to carry a great distance. And it's not like if you say the wrong word, people don't recoil. But people can have a very visceral response to music. Mm-hmm. Um, and failing at singing can be mortifying yes. in a way that because other you, kinds of bombing aren't. You've put yourself out there. Yeah. You have individually or as a group put yourself in front of other people to do something so it can feel scary. Yeah. But the truth is, at karaoke, there are absolutely no stakes. There are no fucking stakes. Let me repeat that one more time. There are no stakes. You can sing a song you've never heard before. Like I used to do this shit all the time where I would just go to a bar and I'd be like, hey, pick a song for me. I don't give a shit what it is. And then you go up and you try. Because guess what? There are no stakes. You're just trying something, having fun, letting other people live the experience of figuring it out. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're with you. They're with you. And they're, they have all been there before. If they're in a karaoke bar, karaoke, karaoke situation, they've all been there. Yeah. So it's this kind of like group catharsis of we're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's, I used to say back when I was still doing theater, I was like, every single person who ever wants to do theater needs to learn how to do karaoke. Oh, yeah. I would have been, when I was still acting, I would have been a better actor if I was a person who did karaoke. 100%. Because it just, it it's teaches also, you. Sincerely, no I like, we're getting awfully, um, like Brené Brown right now. But, but so that's what karaoke means to me. D- me too. Mm-hmm. And it sincerely taught me to fail in a new way. And I'm still a person who is bad at being bad at things, but I just think about it differently. now. Like it mm-hmm. sincerely has done very good things for my life. And I'm so glad we're doing it more often now. Yes. Because man, of all the things the pandemic took away from me, man, that's part of my evolving relationship now. Mm-hmm. So I've been back a couple of times. We did the private room. I've done the karaoke at the O like twice. And I feel like maybe I've lost like one sixteenth of my mojo. And I don't know if that's because I'm just getting older or if it's because I'm not embracing the joy of it the way I once did because of the circumstances of the world have changed and everything. But there, there's something, there's a little gym up somewhere that I need We're to reach up and grab. a little shiny eyed right now. It's true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, ju- I just need to find something to grab, purchase, to get back on the horse. Because yeah. right now it kind of feels rickety. Not bad, but just not the same it felt, you know, four yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and karaoke over Zoom is just not the same. No, it's not. And a lot of people tried to do that during the pandemic and it just, mm-mm. It was kind of depressing. Yeah. It's just not the same. You got to have the live room. And even if it's a private room with your friend. Okay. Here's a question. Philosophical question. Private room v. public. Depends entirely. Mm Mm-hmm. Amelia Bazell calls people a coward if they won't. (laughs) If they won't do it in public, which is hilarious. She is also a person that keeps a song list in her Spotify that's called Possible Karaoke Options. And it's like 200 songs long. She inspired me. I started one, but I can't touch that list. I can. Oh, my God. I, in fact, this is what, here's a good example of what having ADHD is like. You said that. I had a whole thing that I was about to say. I now have no idea what that was, but I have started building that playlist in my head. <laughs> Private room versus public. Okay. Thank you. Um, 
I think as a personal experience, if it's a big room, mm-hmm. like if it's a lot, if there are a lot of people we know, my platonic ideal of karaoke is I know everyone in the bar. But how often is that going to happen unless you're doing private room karaoke? Yeah. But my ideal situation would just be it's a bar, not it's private room karaoke. Mm-hmm. But everyone there is someone that I know, which yeah. is often what kar- doing karaoke at the O was like for a while. Yes. Um, so I guess I, I still say, no, private room. I, I, private room I is your pri- favorite. The upsides of private room outweigh the downsides. Yes. Um, if, if only because no buttholes. Yes. No you know, skips. No, um, there might be skips, but they're your friends, so you can't say that's a skip. Well, you can say you learned something just now. Yes. song, maybe not for you. Um, that, but that is not what I meant. I mm-hmm. meant like um, no butthole, no actual butthole. No guy yeah. getting up and doing a six-minute Lincoln Park song, oh, um, unless it's someone I know, and then I'm laughing at them. Yes. and that's also fun because right? if it was someone you know, they were choosing that they because were they were making you. a joke, right? Whereas butthole quotes around butthole we never know if that person is joking and they might be really serious and sometimes it's yeah and you know in private room karaoke nobody is gonna do fucking well in our kelly songs go back to that example in our private room anyway right yeah and um and no one is going to hear you sing a really good song and then decide that's hot and then not leave you alone yes you know or keep trying to come over to you and talk to you yeah because you're so funny right yeah which is something that used to happen to me a lot and has happened to allison a lot and so sometimes it's nice but sometimes you're like fucking leave me alone i'm just hanging out with my friends yeah Mm, go away Yeah. yeah um so you say private room i on the other hand i love private room karaoke i really do but for my style, for, for what I do at karaoke to really make an impact, there has to be strangers there. Mm. There have to be people who have never seen me before because I come in like a karaoke shark. Oh, yeah. And they, Julie and I used to daydream about <laughs> karaoke sharking karaoke leagues to win money. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing that exists. I don't, I don't know if we could win money. We, we could, could win, win money. We could win a competition. No, because we'd walk in and people would be like, <laughs> Who are these? And then we just shut it down repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. So part of my game is that when I approach a microphone, people are expecting one thing if they don't know me. They, are, they see me. They see my appearance. They see me. And they're like, mm, okay. And then I do something that is so, like, apart from their preconceptions of me that I shake their entire worldview for just one minute. (laughs) And I think that that is very important. And so for me, I got to say life bar. I, uh, I love private room karaoke, but those are all people that I already know. And I like, I love the party. It's a great party. It's a great jam. But the way that I do karaoke, sometimes I feel like I need a stranger to be shook. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. I guess. Any karaoke is good karaoke. Yes. Well, I, almost any karaoke is good karaoke. You're right. Dino's, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even though DJ Bacon was there. No. Nah, no. Can't save that space. Um, and I guess that's what I mean, because that, because that, a lot of that comes down to vibe. Yeah. Like, my favorite karaoke experiences are all karaoke experiences, because they are almost all at the Oasis. Yes. Right? And that is obviously a public space. But it feels, that is a very comfortable space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And there are other place, other bars like the Oasis where I have had a really good karaoke experience. But if there's like a, like a 
like an overall whiff of Axe body spray anywhere. Gotta go. That fucking Louis, which is where we went for. It's in Wicker Park. Mm-hmm. It's where we went for Amelia's bachelorette party. Oh, right. But I mean, obviously, she carried it off with a plum and had a great time. But there was a whole thing where Scotty had to shoo these dudes off these girls that were sitting next to us, and just a vibe, just yeah. like, uh, no. So I guess I'll I'll revise my answer mm-hmm. to say some public karaoke. Mm-hmm. But if you're giving me the option between public karaoke with all of its highs and lows versus the controlled experience of private room karaoke, I'm going with private room karaoke. Mm-hmm. Got it. Because um, I just want everybody to have a good time. Yeah. And when people are being vulnerable, it's easy to get hurt feelings about karaoke. Yes. For, uh, I mean, understandably. Um, so... I just like to make sure that n- nobody's hurting anybody's feelings. Yeah. Which is something that's going to be very easy to do on September 30. Hell yeah. I have a question for you, Julie. What's the time stamp say here? 40 minutes. Okay. This is going to be a two-parter because we have one major question we have to address. Okay. So that'll be the second part for now. We'll end. Bye. Bye. What a fine piece of programming. <laughs> we can't stop ourselves. It's... It's just what a gift you are. <laughs> what a Julie. gift you are. Oh, why Allison. thank you. Thank it's you. It's just gonna keep coming. All this content just oozing out of us. Just like like a Dr. Pimple Popper situation. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? We're not here to pop pimples. We're here to thank say you all. thanks. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Facebook.com slash PodlanderCast. On Instagram, at PodlanderCast. You can find all of our shit there. You can also find us at PodlanderPresents.com, where you find all sorts of information about all of the oozing, hot, (laughs) sticky content. (laughs) If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this, John, right now. We want to thank all of you for listening, but we especially want to thank our patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash podlander drunkcast, where you can support the show, join the Slack, get early episode access, and access all of our sweet, sweet bonus content because we just can't shut the fuck up. Thank you to all of our patrons. Y'all make it possible for us to do this. You, like Catherine the Great, rule. This show is produced by Allison Shoemaker and Julie Starbird. Edited by Julie Starbird, occasionally by Allison Shoemaker. That's true. Our stuff, other stuff, is um, done and performed by Allison Shoemaker. Our artwork is by Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura. And our terrible slash beautiful cover songs are all provided to us by Amelia Ham on the Loose Bazell. Once again, surprising no one, Allison and I were buttholes and forgot to mention that Amelia Ham on the Loose Bazelle is unmatched when it comes to her social media game. Thanks, Amelia. We want to thank all of our patrons. You are all gems, joys, jewels. We want to thank the following people in particular because that is a bonus that they get at the level at which they support. But really, you're all pretty. But we love these folks. <laughs> these, these guys we are love the, pretty. We love these folks. Here we go. <laughs> Jessica Richardson, Christian Blanton, Kristen, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, please let me know. Jessica Richardson, Christian, Kristen Blanton, Caitlin Gibbons, Katie, the Jordi Fishwife, <laughs> Mindy Newell, Rachel Ravel, Brenda, <laughs> Allison King, Doc J, hi, Allison, Doc JWS, Sydney Taylor, Snazzy Knack, Lisa Brienne, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Jane Collins, Tina Barnett, Nicole Rodriguez, Crick, Nicole Rodriguez, Kristen Freckled Fury, hey, I'm on the loose. Liz 
Ryan, Tinkerbell, Terry Welch, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smizazaza, Amanda, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazzella, Chantal Salters, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Pukowski, Anne Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Kara Marla, Trish McCrary, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, Elizabeth Young, and Kiki the Wise. Thank you so much for all of your support. Um, we love you, and we hope that you will come hang out with us on September 3rd, even if it's today. On September 30th at the Oasis. It's going to be sweet. All right. See ya. Bye. Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Jesus Christ! It'll be fine. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. Really, big monster? Zero irony. We're surrounded by cavemen. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette in 415 million BC. Where are we? Space. Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com.